Whipper. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. So you know how to walk. You know how to dance. You ever dance with the devil in the Welcome to another episode of This Week in Salsa. Now, I want you to think about the last time that you went onto YouTube and watched either a salsa performance, maybe a salsa workshop, a salsa turn pattern, bachata, whatever it may be. When's the last time you did that? For me, it was about 12 hours ago uh, last night. So it's something that I do regularly. I know that many people do this on a daily basis. It's really become part of the salsa community, you could say, for people who are trying to get better. Uh, we want to watch people on YouTube, watch these moves, watch them over and over again. I even have recommended several times on this podcast the site youtubeslow.com so you can watch these videos but at one half speed, one quarter speed, and that makes it much easier to break down some of these really complex turn patterns and shines. Now, why do I bring this up? Well. I'm kind of riffing off of a blog post I came across from our local salsa studio here in Gainesville, Ripmoe Sabor. And the pot, the uh, blog post, which I will link to here in the show notes, is called, Your Dancing is Not as Good as It Could Be. The Reason May Surprise You. Uh, so kind of some link bait there, you know, it makes you want to click. But I clicked, I fell for it. Uh, but actually, I didn't fall for anything because it was a really well-written piece. I really enjoyed it. It brings up a very good topic of conversation that's worthwhile talking about here on the podcast, which is this whole idea of recording moves after you learn them. So you know the drill here. You take a workshop, maybe a class at your local studio, and after the class, you ask the instructor, hey, can we record this turn pattern? You record it on your smartphone, you have it for later reference. So what the author is arguing, and by the way, this author is arguably the best salsa dancer in Gainesville. This guy is an incredible dancer. And what he's, he's arguing is that basically because these students record these moves after they learn them that, that same day, they don't really take ownership over the move as far as wanting to learn it right away because they think, okay, I have it recorded. I can just learn it next week or a month from now. And it always just becomes a day later, a day later, a day later. So you never really dedicate the necessary time to going over the move because you know that you, even if you forget it, you can look at the video and be up to speed. And what he was saying was when, when he was learning and he was simply memorizing the move and then repeating it as many times as he could that same day, the next day, because he was afraid it was going to go out of his head. So psychologically speaking, it's a very fair point that by not recording, you're almost, you know why I like to relate it to is if we've seen The Dark Knight Rises, okay, I'm a huge uh, Christian Bale fan and Chris Nolan fan, and that scene where he's stuck in the prison and you have to climb and try to climb out of this prison. So for the first like seven or eight tries that he did with this, he had a rope attached to his stomach. So if he fell, he knew that the rope would catch him. But then on the very last try, he needed that extra adrenaline, that extra push. So he went without the rope. And if he fell, he would have died. But he did not fall, of course, because he's Christian Bale and he's awesome. Uh, he's Batman. But the same principle here that without that rope around you of this video recording, it makes it 
a little bit uh, more motivation to learn it and dedicate it to your long-term memory. So that is the argument, and I understand that. But I would say with this, like with most things, it depends. And it depends upon how you learn, what kind of personality you are. I would argue, hey, listen, if you are the kind of person who procrastinates about everything, then yeah, this is probably a good strategy for you because if you take that video, you're going to procrastinate about it. However, if you're the kind of person who is really serious about salsa in a way where this is part of your natural rhythm of recording a video, watching it regularly until you get that move, then recording that video does become an aid. And it is an aid not so much with the, you know, do this part, then do this part, then do this part of the turn pattern. It's more so in the body styling, um, the body isolations, the body stylings, the extras that the instructor throws in, the minor little things that you analyze really in depth. Uh, so it's not so much, hey, do this inside turn, but it's more so, okay, what did he do on the inside turn to get so quickly around so that he had plenty of time to get to this next element of the move? Or where was his hand placed exactly in relation to the woman? Because when I do this, it seems to be a little bit off. So those are the kinds of things that are really helpful when you have this video to work with. The other thing to keep in mind is who is teaching you this? Now, if you're learning this from a local studio, then it's not really a big deal to not record the video because the next week when you see that instructor, you can ask them, hey, can you do this one more time? I'm having trouble with this element. And that's really easy to do. But if you are at a workshop at a salsa congress, then chances are you may never see that salsa dancer who teaches it again. Or if you do, it would be like a year from then, two years from then. So it could be a long time. You don't really have readily access to that information to break down that move. So for that reason, it also depends upon where you're learning this if you want to employ that strategy. So, you know, for me, I, I was definitely a recorder. I recorded everything. To some extent, what the author here is arguing is true for me even as well. You know, I do have some moves that I recorded that I never really went back to, but at the same time, there were some that I definitely did go back to. And in fact, I actually have, and I'll try to link this in the show notes as well, I have a YouTube channel playlist where that playlist is just moves that I learned at Congresses, that it's just plays so I can go through all of these different moves saying, okay, here are the moves I've learned. Do I still remember all these? Do I still do them regularly? So maybe I'm a little OCD on that. Maybe some of you have that as well. If you do, let me know. Uh, but for me, that's been really helpful to remind myself, okay, here's my arsenal of moves, if you will, and remind myself, okay, is this something I'm still reviewing regularly? So uh, with that being said, yeah, if you do have any of those OCD tendencies with your salsa stuff, hey, I'd love to hear that. Uh, let me know about that. You can email me, rob at thisweekinsalsa.com. Uh, also, if you have any ideas for future shows, let me know about that. You can email me, send me a message on the Facebook fan page uh, or on Twitter at This Week in Salsa. And, uh, oh, and last thing is, if you have any people that you'd like to see interviewed, especially if you know those people and you want to uh, introduce me to those people, I'm always happy to do interviews. You know, it's something that I'm going to get started here in the next few weeks really reaching out to a couple of uh, salsa dancers that I've been wanting to speak to, but I uh, always enjoy meeting and speaking with people on these interviews that can add value and their unique perspective to salsa dancing and the Latin dance community. So uh, with that, I hope everyone is off to an awesome 2015 here in January. Uh, get out there, keep dancing. If you have those New Year's resolutions for becoming a better dancer, stick with those resolutions, okay?
¿Y qué pasó? Que yo nunca podría Pues mira que aquí estoy 